Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Jeff Harding and I'm filling in for Kyle Case, who's uh, out of country right now. Joining me in studio is Derek Campbell. Derek, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Jeffrey. How are you? I'm fine. You are looking well. Well, thank you. You've got a glint in your eye and a smile on your face. What more could be asked? Well, I'm here. Well, that so could be asked, that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Derek, you know, there have been a lot of exercise fads throughout the generations. And uh, there was a, a website called 24-7 Wall Street that listed all the exercise fads over the last 60 years. All of them. All of them. Yeah, it sounds like a novel. Or, or excuse me, that. the top one from each year over the last 60 oh, okay. years. So I thought it'd be fun to look back at the 50s and 60s that they listed in and just see yeah. what was popular back then. Sounds good. So back in 1956, roller derby was the exercise fad. <laughs> That's awesome. Everybody was doing roller derby. In 1957, the Universal Gym Machines, Joe Weider's machines came out, and everybody wanted to use a Universal Gym. Wow. I, uh, I'm i not too familiar with the Joe Weider, but... Oh, you're not? Universal <laughs> Machine. I thought that would be a name everybody would recognize. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have some gloves with Weider on them. Uh, okay. In 1958, it was the Hula Hoop. Wow. In 1959, it was the Jack LaLanne show. And what's funny is I remember watching my mom exercise to Jack LaLanne on TV as a little boy. Wow. I've never heard of Jack LaLanne. You've never heard of Oh, my gosh. Talk about generation gap. Okay. I know. There's a gap, Jeff. I know. Just let it be. Okay. So in 1960, <laughs> it was correspondence muscle courses. In the back of the comic books, it set away for a, a course that would turn you into a muscle man like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You've heard of Arnold, right? Yes. Okay. I was getting worried there. I'll be back. And then in 1961, it was Debbie Drake's Easy Way to a Perfect Figure and Glowing Health book. That was something that I was not familiar with. I don't remember that one, but that was the, the big thing in 1961. 1962, I actually remember when this came out. The Presidential Fitness, Physical Fitness Program, championed by John Kennedy. Hmm. I remember when that one came out and all the schools were, were doing it in the schools. You got it through the schools. I remember seeing commercials on the TV for that. Yeah, I remember having a presidential fitness program when I was in elementary. Well, it, yeah, it kept going. It didn't go away, but that yeah. was when it started. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. The next one is the Royal Canadian Air Force Exercise Plan. Mm. I have no idea what that is. In 1964, it was calisthenics, or exercising without using any kind of machine, just your body to, to uh, do the exercise. In 1965, it was the stationary bike. <laughs> right on. In 1966, I actually remember this. It was the sauna suit. You'd put on these suits and make you sweat. I remember seeing TV shows and commercials for the sauna Sounds suit. Sounds perfect for wrestlers. Yes, it, well, the, yes, they would really like that. In 1967, it was the vibrating belt. They stand there and you'd have it. You know, you'd see the movies where they shake their backsides and there'd be lots of jiggle. So that was from 1967. In 1968, it was the trim twist, which was a, a board on a swivel thing. So the the twist had been popular for a few years, yeah. so they came up with an exercise. And you just stand on it, you do a twist. Chubby Checkers would have been proud of it. Everybody shake it, baby. That's right. <laughs> yep. in, in 1968, excuse me, 1969, it was stretch classes. That was the, the big fitness craze in 1968. It sounds kind of funny. This sounds more comical than it does uh, fitness, it, looking at it from now. Right. I mean, as I looked, I mean, like. In, I think in 19, uh, or excuse me, in, in 2017, it was cross-training Yeah, was the big fitness craze. Oh, yeah. So it, it's, it's, fun, it's funny how we've gone from yeah uh, from a roller derby to cross-training for fitness crazes. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm kind of curious uh, when things shift from a fad 
into being actually normal or or common or uh, cultural yeah i mean really is is fitness a fad or is fitness just a normal thing now is it part of the culture and we do it i think we're still growing in that area well, i think we are but i think that there are things that we do that are a fad in the fitness yeah endeavor yeah because like training has been a big one and it still is yeah uh, hula hoops are still out there yeah but now they're considered a game rather than a fitness craze. It's yeah. just something you get, you know, when the kids are out doing it. Because I certainly can't do a hula hoop. <laughs> it just goes right down to my feet. <laughs> so yeah. And speaking of fitness, and uh, not not of course fads, but we have a personal trainer out of California that's joining us by phone today. Her name is Vanessa Bogenholm. How are you, Vanessa? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Do you remember any of those fitness crazes from the 50s and 60s? Well, I'm kind of upset because how could he not know Jack LaLanne? I mean... I told you, he's young. That's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think I ever felt so old in the last couple of years until he said that, and I thought, really? That's really where we all started, right? I mean, yeah, I, everybody's, I, mother stood with a, everybody's mother had a chair from the kitchen table, right, right? Right, And she would lean on it and do her exercise. In her stirrup like pants. LaLanne. In her stirrup pants. Well, you can just uh, <laughs> just count me ignorant, and then uh, make you feel make you guys feel better, right? <laughs> I'm just a sheltered child. Okay. <laughs> so, Vanessa, have you're, you're a personal trainer. Have you always been active? Is it something that's always been a part of your life? Physical activity. No, in fact, I was an extremely obese child. Wow. And it was um, about 200 pounds as a 13 year old. Wow. And that presidential fitness test you talked about uh-huh. was literally probably the worst days of my school years. <laughs> I believe because it. Because I believe we, it. I, I bet I couldn't. One of them, you know, is the chin up. If you were a 200 pound 13 year old girl, the last thing you could do was a chin up, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was a real humiliation factor for me at that time. Um, you know, and it was, I just didn't grow up in, an, in a, you know, an athletic family. Uh-huh you know, hang out, obviously, with athletic people. So, no, I, I was not athletic at all. And um, preferred to eat M&Ms crazy. and read books, honestly. Well, I, 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 I kind of like that still, but I try to make some other stuff <laughs> in with it. You know, I was, at 13 years old, I was six feet tall, weighed 150 pounds, and I could barely do a chin-up either. <laughs> so, you know, you weren't, I just want you to know you weren't alone back in those days. Well, I feel like we need to know a little bit more about Vanessa. I uh, okay. I she's a personal trainer, yeah. and she's much like most mm-hmm. of us at the young age. But what about you? Who are you? Where do you come from? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Vanessa, because so, I don't know you sure. very well yet. So when I was a child, I was very heavy, and I grew up in a small town in California, Santa Maria. At that time, it was only twenty thousand people, and. If you wanted to be someone in high school, you played basketball in that town. It was a basketball town, and my mom oh, wow. really wanted me to play basketball. So um, in the summer before high school, I went to the summer camp for the Catholic high school I would go to, and the nicest coach ever, literally the nicest coach ever, he looked at me and he said, you know, here I was, I, didn't ha- I had no vertical jump. I could not um, sprint, obviously. And he said, Vanessa, you probably want to get fit before school starts. That's all he said. There was no negativity. There was no condensation, nothing. And that's amazing. I had from, you know, 1972 on, Frank Shorter was my hero. 
And the Frank so my solution, yes, was to run. Wow, yeah. And so I went to the library and I got everything I could on running and um, went home that night and read all this stuff. Um, I was already actually working at this time. And so I went to what was a footlocker back then and got a pair of $19 Nikes to run in. Which was a lot of money and back then for the people that don't know. That was a lot of money back huge. there to spend on shoes. Yeah. And I went out the door at 5 o'clock in the morning and ran to the corner, which is literally 27 steps from the house I grew up in to the corner, uh-huh. and sat down and cried because I couldn't do it. Wow. And I was in shock. So as I was crying on the walk home and my mother asked why I was outside, you know, when she was leaving for work at 6 o'clock in the morning, I changed my mind and I decided to try it again. And I did. And this time I said, just do two more steps. And that became literally my mantra every morning that I got up until, you know, I grew up in a small area, so county fairs were a big deal. Right. And by the time the end of July rolled around, we had our county fair, and at our county fair was a 10-mile race from Guadalupe to Santa Maria. hmm And I ran that race. Now, you have to imagine, this is 1980. There are no women runners. No, like, they're not. Women road racers are non-existent. Mm-hmm. And every guy was like, good job, are you doing great, you look fantastic. By the time I started high school, I had dropped 60 pounds, and my goal was to do a marathon. Now, the most interesting thing about this story, though, is that I used to write letters, because, of course, we didn't have computers back then, and I would write letters to Frank Shorter all the time. Wow. And say, I've lost this weight, I'm going to run a marathon, like, you're my hero, I can't believe, you know, we boycotted the Olympics. And I would, like, write these letters, Sam, and so lots of years go by, Mm-hmm. He's actually working at a marathon that I go to. Oh, wow. And I walk up, and I go, hi, I'm Vanessa Bogenholm. And he just burst out in tears. And he goes, I have those letters. You That's wrote me like every two weeks. And it was one of these magical moments that I went, wow, right? That guy changed my life. And I, I worked for him a couple times during clinics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, just the inspiration he did to generations to get out and run. Right. Yeah, and it was pro- phenomenal. And for the listeners out there who may be skewing a little bit younger, we should probably let them know that Frank mm-hmm. Schroeder was an Olympian, a, a great distance runner, marathoner. I mean, I, I remember watching him run as a young man, and what an amazing runner! Mm-hmm. Yes, and an ama- I just, I really, I mean, I think you know, here was this really overweight child from a town he would never have anything to do with. He wasn't making any money off of me, obviously. And he was polite, and he would send me back little letters and saying, got your letter, keep running, glad to hear you're going to run a marathon, right? Oh, wow. And I'd be like, wow, Frank Shorter, an Olympian yeah. wrote me back, yeah. right? That's now, amazing. Now we have Twitter. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but, but that, my heart is swelling just thinking about what that would, would have meant to a young girl like you at that time to have somebody of his stature take notice and, and take the time to respond to you. You know, and I also think, you know, um, as we've moved forward and sometimes backward as women in this country, you know, back then, it was an oddity to watch a young girl running down the road for miles every day. And I had an 11-mile route that I did in my hometown. Mm -hmm. And every, like, person who had, like, you know, an automotive shop or a real estate thing, they would wave to me because I did it the same time every day, right? And. It was an unusual thing. Unlike today that we go to races and there's, you know, 50% women, if not more, than men. And 
But it's very welcome. It was very different back then. I mean, we didn't even get the marathon in the Olympics until 1984. For the women, so, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. So I think people don't realize how unusual that was. And then um, I didn't, you know, I because um, I was an idiot and ran 120 miles a week as a teenager, I tore my Achilles tendon and uh, as a senior in high school. Yeah, and so that kind of put a dampener on my college scholarships. Um, so, you know, life went on, and years and years go on. Um, I was a pretty high-level tennis player, still am, and had done some other sports, had been an equestrian for a number of years, but never really thought I could run well again. Like, mm. I'd go out and do a couple miles. Oh, yeah. And But I would never, I mean, I always thought that, you know, I also had a broken pelvis from a very bad car accident, and... Um, uh, and those are really both things never, that you use when you're running. Your pelvis and your, your Achilles tendon <laughs> are both important factors in running. And I never really thought, like, I could marathon again. But, yeah. you know, the funniest thing is I, I won a marathon when I was 16, 16, oh 1985, or 80, whatever, 82, I guess. 82. That's impressive. And I still have that T-shirt, right? <laughs> oh, wow, that's that great. And that's really funny, right? And, like, people that would come to my house would go, why do you have this t-shirt on the wall? It's the only marathon I've ever won, right? And <laughs> I was a child and it was like my biggest dream. And I thought I was going to go to the Olympics one of these days. And, you know, um, to get to run marathons again um, is like the most priceless thing to me, no. right? I, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I've won tennis tournaments, you know, and done, you know, 10Ks and won my age group. But just completing a marathon for me is just the thing. Now, I do have to tell you that you use the term get to run. Most of us would use the term have to run or... <laughs> Obligated to run. You're going to run on purpose? <laughs> 26 miles? You know, that, is, that is so funny because most of my friends that live in the area that I live in now will say, we see you running and you look so ridiculously happy. And I go, I know. <laughs> Even if I'm in pain, I'm kind of happy. It's kind of silly. I have to admit um, that it really is a joy for me to move my body. And you know, I've won weightlifting competitions and whatever. It's all a joy to me that... I can actually make my body do these things. Well, and, and if, if I can make my body do it, I think that would be a joy for me as well. If you're just joining <laughs> us, you're listening to the Huntsman World Games, the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life on, on 1450 AM, uh, St. George News Radio. And we're talking with Vanessa Bogenholm from California, who is a, an accomplished athlete as well as a personal trainer. We've talked a little bit about your athletic prowess. Should we move on to your personal training? Sure. You know, um, I worked a few different jobs in my lifetime, and a few years ago, I, had, I was working for a large corporation, and I hated my job. Like, there's no other way to say it. Like, I detested my job, and I woke up one Monday morning with no game plan and a mortgage and everything else, and I just quit. I just quit. And I called a girlfriend and said, hey, let's play tennis, and she's like, why aren't you working? And I didn't have an eye. I just quit. And... You know, I quit like a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, so no one was going to hire me. I had been a high-level tennis player for a while, so just by some stroke of luck, that next weekend was a United States Tennis Association certification um, seminar. I went to it, passed with flying colors. Everybody laughed because they knew me and um, the teachers of the seminar. They're like, you're going to teach tennis now? Do you want to work for me? Do you want to work for me? And <laughs> literally, the last thing I ever wanted to do was to teach tennis. Well, and yeah. so I actually did it for a while. And as I was trying to figure out my life and a friend of mine said to me, can you help my sister? And 
And I said, help her what? And he says, um, lose weight. She's, you know, well over 100 pounds overweight. And I told him, I go, I'm not a personal trainer. And he said, you're the fittest person I've ever known. I watch you doing all these things. I know all your injuries in life. Are you serious? You can't help her? And he was kind of mad at me. <laughs> and I'm laughing. And then he said the most magical thing. And he said, you're not working. I'll pay you. And ah. I went, okay. I mean, why not? And so she lost 128 pounds. We worked together five days a week. Um, you know, it, it was, I got certified. Other clients popped in. I mean, I had no plan. Like, if you would have said to me six years ago, Vanessa, you're going to be a really accomplished personal trainer, I would have said you're high because there was no plan. And I have been incredibly lucky to get the clients I had to be able to create a business and love what I do every day. Every day, I have one of the few people in the world who can say every day, everybody that sees me work-wise is happy to see me. Like, my clients like me, I like them. And they're going places in life. They're getting somewhere. They're improving. And it's really a joy. Yeah. You know, I think we see that a little bit. We get a little glimpse of what you're talking about there at the Huntsman World Senior Games. The one thing that, that people mm -hmm. who haven't been around an event like that, the one of the first things they notice is how happy the people are to be yeah. there and competing and active and seeing each other. And it's, it's, a, very positive, it's a very positive energy that, that's felt during an event like that. And so... I'm sure that that's kind of what you're experiencing when, when you talk about your, your clients. And I think one of the most interesting things are, and as the Derek will tell us, I would have really thought someone in their 50s, 60s, definitely 70s and 80s was basically dead, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. when I was in my 20s and 30s, anyone in their 50s, well, their bodies were falling apart and, <laughs> you know, they probably just sit on the couch. Yeah. And when you go to the Huntsman games, I mean, and you watch these 70 and 80 year olds play basketball, mm -hmm. um, when you watch them run track, right? Right. Or do a triathlon, you go, wow, really? Are you serious? And compete and at a high level. Joy. Joy. Yeah. They have joy, right? And they laugh. Right. right? They do. So, they do. And Derek makes a point. And I know they're competing wonder, at a high level. I'm sorry. Derek. Right. And I think that it's. Go ahead. I think that, you know, that what happens, I think, too, when you get older, it's not necessarily, we don't, we're, not, we're not embarrassed anymore. No, we have no Who shame. Who comes in last or misses the basket is not the least bit embarrassed anymore. They're amazed they're out there trying. Right. The entire intent changes when you want to compete as an older person. Right. And I think that's the joy that is missing in most people's lives. So when we look at, you know, when people ask why I push them to, <clears throat> to get fit, and I said, because I want you to be happy. Moving your body will create more happiness than you ever dreamed of. And it, it's not about, you know, making money and all these wonderful things if you're not happy. That's right? true. I mean, that's, that's very true. That's the point of living. That's so true. Now, I just, I, I, <clears throat> I just want to ask you this question, because your, your personal life, and your professional life are so intertwined. They all involve exercise. And <laughs> is that a challenge in your life? Do you find do you find yourself ever saying, you know, I'm tired. I need to take a vacation from working out. <laughs> no, no. In fact, so here's the best thing ever, right? So I see between usually eight, eight to nine clients a day. Mm -hmm. If you see the day after a marathon, boy, you know that we're probably stretching a lot, right? Oh yeah. Um, and so I am. Uh, you know, I'm the person who tells you what you're doing, so and I'm doing it with you about 20%. So 
all of my work makes me a better athlete. I am very blessed that way. And I, you know, I walk my talk, which I think is really, really important. Um, we've seen lots of coaches in the world who are overweight, who can't play the game anymore, and they just coach. Yeah, right. right. So when I, and I, and I know I take a lot of clients to their first 5K, and the, one of the most amazing things for them to see is that I finished 10 or 15 minutes before them. Like, <laughs> they're amazed, yeah. right? And especially, I always try to choose an out-and-back course so they can see me on the way back. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, thrilled. Like, wow. Like, my personal trainer really is this good, too, right? I can be that also. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, when you take that, and I have this girl, you know, and I work, my, my oldest client right now is 85. Wow. And my youngest yeah. client is 14. And... You know, I took this 14-year-old girl to run her first 5K a month ago. And this was an unathletic child uh-huh. who had the best day of her life. Yeah. Because here were total strangers that were cheering her on and screaming her name as she came through that shoot, right? Right. And she couldn't imagine, right? Because I had because I did the people who put on the race. I said, hey, this girl's coming. I'm tracking her on Strava. Here she comes. They announce her name. The entire crowd goes crazy for her. <laughs> and she oh, was wow. like... That was like the best moment of my life. And, and I go, and she goes, nobody cared if I won or anything. They just cared that I finished and I did it. Yeah. That, that's just priceless. You know, it really is. And, and I think that that's what, that, what athletics and, and events bring to people that, that those who are on the couch don't necessarily think about is that it's, it's the joy of competing. It's the joy of being able to do, not necessarily winning or coming in first. It's, it's knowing that, that you're doing something that somebody else is choosing not to do or some of that that, that brings them the greatest joy. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you, do you have any other great success stories that you'd like to share quickly? Yes, I do. I have this delightful. He's turning 85 August 1st. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. I started teaching him tennis when he was 79. <laughs> tennis court in his backyard. Grouchy guy. Grouchy as <laughs> be. And when I first met him, I said, wow, if I played tennis that badly with a tennis court in my backyard, I'd be grouchy too. <laughs> so... How about if you learn to play the game correctly? And he had just always gone out, played doubles with his friends, smacked the ball. Basically, that's all he did. Mm-hmm. And when I taught him to do, and he hated it. He hated having to, like, learn how to hit a proper forehand. Right. But once he did, it changed everything for him. Now, the game wasn't just something he did for exercise. Mm-hmm. It is something that he does because it's fun. And, he's, I mean, he's a solid 3-5 tennis player now. Solid. He went to his first, at the age of 84, his first USDA age group tournament. Wow. And, you know, he went to a Category 2. I didn't just take him to a small one. And everybody knew me, and I go, guys, everybody, want you to meet so-and-so. Here he is. He's winning his first match today of his entire life. He had never, ever <laughs> competed. That is amazing. And the guy he was playing looked at me and goes, Vanessa, he's your student? I don't have a chance. <laughs> and I go, he's not just my student. He's three times a week student. And, and he went out there literally scared to death, like shaking wow. scared. This wow. is a very successful businessman. What a great story. And I said, if you, yeah. if you lose, I quit. <laughs> and so everyone was laughing at him going, God, is she like the worst coach ever? You know? And um, of course he won, 6'4", six, 6'4", four, six, four, um, and had the time of his life. That's right? great. That's an amazing and story. Lost the, next, lost the next match, 6-0, six, 6-0. Zero, six, zero, but he but he, but, he, he but he went out and did it, and he had fun. So we're running out of time. Oh, yeah, so much fun. Vanessa, we're mm-hmm. running out of time. You've been a great guest, but mm-hmm. what would you say to somebody who's sitting on the couch right now listening to the show? 
just quickly, what would you say to, to tell them? What would you tell them about getting off the couch and, and getting active? Just move. All you have to do is move, and you are doing better than you did yesterday. And all I ever try to do on a daily basis is to move and make myself feel better. That's it. Well, that's great advice. And, and thank you so much for joining us, um, Vanessa. You've been, a, like I said, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you, Thank Vanessa. you. It was nice to meet you guys. Take care. So uh, we'd like to thank Vanessa for joining us on the show, and remember to join us each and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life on 1450 AM Fox News Radio. Excuse me, uh, St. George News Radio. And uh, you can listen to this or any other show from the past on www.seniorgames.net. You can also subscribe to our podcast. Just search for Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life in Google, in the Google Play Store or on iTunes and subscribe. And Derek, 2018 is flying by. Yes, it is. We already have over 7,000 registered participants. Two sports, pickleball and bowling, have reached participation caps. We're also a participation cap for softball, volleyball, and soccer teams. And other events are getting close to capacity. So what does this mean? Games are coming. And what else does it mean? Register now. That's right. Today, just do it. Get it done. So um, if you have any comments or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Just send an email to activelife at seniorgames.net. Our quote for the day is, with the right kind of coaching and determination, you can accomplish anything. And that was by Reese Witherspoon. Until next time, stay active. Stay active.